What's up, friends, and welcome back to the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> the number one. Life Actually Podcast. <laughs> welcome back, y'all. We are back with the season finale. Whoop, whoop. Episode 12. We did it. We did it. We did it. Seriously, that's crazy. A whole season down. Whole season down. <laughs> um, this is actually our third attempt at making this episode. <laughs> I uh, know, right? The devil was out for us. Trying to take us out the last <laughs> episode, too. Because we're talking about some real stuff today. For real. You know, so we knew by all of the obstacles that we had to do this. Cause we had to do this. We, we had, had something to talk to say. about this. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, as always, I am Kamal. I'm with my incredible, amazing, gorgeous, looking all beautiful in that pink like a starburst. <laughs> Delicious. Oh. <laughs> the wonderful princess. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I can't. As always, we have another incredible topic. What do we got for the people for this season finale, my dear? All right. For the season finale, we're going to be talking about abstinence before marriage. Yeah. Uh, this topic was actually a requested topic. It was. Um, and so we're really excited. We love to be able to do uh, these topics that folks send in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason it was requested uh, is because it's actually our story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's exciting to be able to tell you all a little bit uh, more about our path. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, to jump right in, a little bit of background um, from me is that I actually was abstinent uh, all the way up to until marriage. Um, and the reason why was uh, because of my faith and my upbringing all rolled into one. Uh, my mom uh, really taught us, my sister and I, that um, as a as Christians in a Christian household, that we should wait until marriage. So uh, we were raised, you know, going to church and going to Sunday school. And my mom made sure to um, just like read the Bible with us and then really explicitly tell us that, you know, we should wait until marriage to have sex. And so for me, I actually did have some physical relationships with women before Princess and I were dating. Um, And for me, you know, I also grew up in a Christian household, um, but uh, it wasn't as explicitly discussed. Um, And I just feel like, you know, going to college and all those things, it was not even something I thought about. It was just kind Mm -hmm. of um, what I assumed to be sort of normal um, in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my experience was a little bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So basically, you know, we have our differences, right, in our background. And so when we first... Uh, started dating um, of course we had to have a conversation right (laughs) Uh, to get on the same page as to what what we're going to do right with our relationship Um, and so I wanted to remain abstinent I wanted us to wait until marriage Um, so I would say that I initiated that conversation Um, and uh, I definitely remember being a little bit nervous you know to talk about it because uh, because we just have different experiences yeah. and I, I wasn't sure how you were, go- you were going to take it. Yeah. So do you remember how you initially uh-huh. felt when I, when I first kind of broached the topic? Yeah, no, I, I very distinctly remember. Um, cause first off, I feel like when you first broached it, it was like a little bit of a hedge. It was like, uh, <laughs> I'm really, yeah, I've been absent, but I'm really, you know, waiting until I'm, you know, in love and in that, you know, sound relationship oh, and all those things. I was like, Oh, that's like that's like three four weeks you know uh that's all it'll take to fall in love with you (laughs) and uh you know we could you know that's all good that's so Um, funny and i'm sure though like i know for a fact that the back of my mind there was part of me though that understood it it was we were talking about the long game you know right right um so uh so initially i was i was like both a little bit skeptical interesting um uh but also skeptical, like you didn't think we could do it or skeptical well, like that I was really firm in it. Or? I was just more like, 
you know, I just had never, you know, been on that path before necessarily. So I just was like, yeah, that's a good question. I I never doubted that we couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just was unsure about it. I was like, this is, this is tough. This is a challenge. Um, And I think what, I guess what made it, uh, you know, in my brain at the time, I was like, I'm very attracted to her. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> and uh, and she's this beautiful woman, and now she's my girlfriend. Yeah. And like true. you know, and this is awesome. And uh, so that in my head was like, man, this is this is gonna be hot. <laughs> um, oh uh, lord. Yeah. But I, I was also excited too, and I I, yeah. I was like interested in just building uh something with you and kind of and progressing with you so that that made it easier yeah so that's interesting about how you initially felt about it right um which i can completely understand you know um so then moving past into when we actually started uh you know getting more further into our dating period where we've been dating for you know two three months at that point and you saw that, you know, it still wasn't happening, you know, <laughs> uh, what did you find that there were any like difficulties now, like, yeah. or temptations or anything that was starting to arise now, knowing that, you know, we're, we're really in this, we're committed yeah. to each other and we are choosing to be abstinent. Yeah, no, great question. I feel like the, the difficulty for me was uh, as, was as things progressed, um, we were just spending like more and more time together. True. We were getting to know each other more and more. And so it was just something where I just, I was just drawing like more and more attracted to you. Right. Mm. And so, and so that was one of those big challenges. And then in my brain, I was also just like seeing my friends who had maybe girlfriends mm. and things like that. And just mm. feeling like, man, that looks like fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that looks wonderful. Uh, and, and, uh, and having to like step outside of um, uh, just that kind of pure physical aspect of it um, was really important and uh, for me during that time. Um, I think I think it was made a little bit easier because we were long distance at the time. Right, that's true. Yeah, first year. And so you know, at least we I wasn't around you like twenty four seven. Yeah, you know, around all this goodness and beauty <laughs> it'd be overwhelming uh uh but the flip side of that coin was that when we were together um we hadn't seen each other in a long time Very and so true. you know that made it hard too i think we saw each other on average we were long distance like every month and a half yeah. maybe yeah so yeah exactly and then we would be together for a weekend it's yeah. not like we'd be together for a whole week or exactly. two so yeah, no, yeah. So definitely tough definitely mm-hmm. tough it's interesting though because i feel like as uh the guy and then on top of that, as the person who had been like sexually active before we were dating, mm-hmm. there's the assumption that it was really hard for me. And mm, then as a right. person who had been doing it for your your life up until that point, right. it was like easy for you. And you were just like having to drag me through it. Right. But I feel like it was like tough, too. Right. It was. What it, was your experience with that? Yeah, no, it definitely was tough for me because. Um, you know, this was a relationship that I was taking with you, right? Very seriously. And that made it that much more challenging, honestly, because, um, I loved you. Mm. Right. And I saw a long-term future with you. So in my mind, I'm like, well, if there's any other person, there's no other person to, you know, have this first experience with and to, uh, or feel safer with when doing this, then, then come on, then you, um, and so 
that made it very challenging. I think there's also a portion where some people may say, you know, uh, I've heard you, you can't miss what you never had. Mm-hmm. And there is some aspect to it where, yeah, right, I, I didn't. So I, I didn't know I couldn't miss it necessarily in that way. Yeah. But I definitely wanted there was still like, you know, those feelings there yeah. of wanting to experience it with to experience it with you. Yeah. So, I mean, it it definitely was was challenging in that way. Um, and um, yeah, I feel like I just had to just remind myself and be disciplined that this was something um, that, you know, I had been doing. And so I can keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you ever tempted to like cross that line? Yes. Yeah. Um, but actually what was <laughs> awesome was that you also helped. Yeah. Which was so I, I definitely think for, you know, any couples who are, you know, thinking of making this decision in their relationship. Um, I think that it takes two. Mm. I think that's very important. It can't just be me dragging you through it, yeah. you know, and it can't be just you dragging me through yeah. it. It has to be something that once discussed that we're going to help each other because both of us were, are going to feel weak at certain points sure, in time sure, sure. throughout the journey of, you know, remaining abstinent. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that because it makes me think about as far as like the two of us, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my mindset was, yeah, like I'm again, like super attracted to you and all these things. But just knowing in the back of my head that if we did uh, cross that line and like break that goal of being abstinent with uh, during our dating and engagement period, that I knew you would regret it and Mm. I would regret it. Mm. And I just felt like it was such a uh, big part of kind of your identity, too. And so my my concern was like that you would have um, regret like looking back and seeing that we had um, that we had broken that, you know. Right. And I think that I would definitely have had regret. I think so for sure. Um, But I think what's interesting that I want to touch upon is just feeling like it was a big part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, that is an issue. I I think Mm. that it shouldn't be. Right. Whether you choose to abstain or not, whether you have been sexually active or not, a huge part of your identity. And, you know, I think identity. But I think it's easy for society, the world, especially to tell women that Mm. it is a big part of our identity. You know, uh, how many people we've slept with, et cetera. And and it's looked upon very negatively if we've had a lot of partners. Um, But, yeah, I um, it actually took me um, time to be even comfortable with my own abstinence Mm, because I felt like sometimes I was judged um, by people like based off of me being sexually active or not sometimes, you know, and in ways where people are like, Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. But sometimes in ways where, you know, it's like, Oh, that's okay. Whatever. That's weird. Or, you know, so, and I think it goes the other way too. Women are also judged to, have you know slept with multiple people or one other person whatever it is before marriage and i think that the judgment shouldn't go either way i think that you know everyone lives their life and makes their own decisions um but i you know i think that we're not really in a place to judge ourselves like what someone's decision is what someone else chooses to do no it's such a great point that's such a great point so it's actually really interesting also thinking about the idea that your who you were was being viewed by you, but then also by people around you, mm-hmm. like as so deeply tied to like sexual activity. Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like as a guy, in many ways, it's the flip of that, right? Hmm. Like I feel like there was such a pressure growing up um, that your manliness was mm. deeply tied to whether or not you were like out there bagging, how many bodies you had, right. all these things. 
And uh, it just was creates this environment of like, if I'm not doing this, mm-hmm. then I'm not really a man. Um, Which and, is crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. Some boys are getting made fun of, yeah. right? When they're younger um, and are still virgins, yeah. right? Like, and still haven't had sex. And, yeah. and it creates these pressures, I feel like, on our, you know, young boys, these, you know, and, and it's so inaccurate. It's yeah. so terrible to have someone grow up uh, these young men and feel like they need to have sex in order to not feel, you know, like they're getting made fun of or, or also just pressured into it when they probably aren't, they may not even be ready yeah. to do it. You no, know? it actually reminds me of like, I was watching this uh, Little Wayne video. I show you that video when he was. Oh yeah. yeah that he was talking video about that kid. hurt my stomach. Yeah. He was talking to some kid who was like 14, 15, who was signed to like cash money or whatever. And just talking about, you mean you're not out there, you know, getting more explicit language, but basically coming at him for not having been with a woman before. Lil and Wayne was Lil coming Wayne was, at yeah. a 14 to 15 year old boy. Yeah. Like making like basically saying how how could you not have yeah. had sex yet? You can't be part of basically really represent who we are if you're not. He was like, I had my first baby by 15. I was like, bro, wow. you're wilding, actually wilding. That's like so insane, it's crazy. And so they're they're on a smaller level than that typically, but not yeah. but just as impactful. There are like all all around like those little. Uh, uh, pushes and pressures coming mm-hmm. from all around. Um, that from your friends. From friends. From, from family. All those things. From this, you know, music, yeah. the media. It's everywhere. Yeah. And just not presenting, being able to, um, to you know, save sex for whether it's love or marriage or whatever, but mm-hmm. just not having to view who you are as being just right. deeply tied to whether or not you're out there, you know, getting getting women or whatever. Right. Exactly. Who you are as a man. Yeah you know yeah so yeah it's tough i think i think part of what our responsibility is too is to like redefine what that manliness even is mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so Be- what's your definition of that then? yeah i what? mean f- for for me it's like it's it's about like being a leader being kind to other people like looking out for your community mm. doing those things being respectful mm. like doing those things that Bring like honor to yourself mm. and to your family. That to me is yeah. being a man. You define it for yourself. But I think when we are focused so heavily on our conquest as somehow a way to define whether or not we're truly manly, mm-hmm. we're setting up our boys for for disaster. Truly, yep. um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, we got to do better. We got to do better. Do. We do have to do better. And on the flip side, I think there definitely is a pressure from society on women Mm -hmm. to remain abstinent. And it's the opposite for us in terms of if we are out here, right, and we choose to have, you know, sex with multiple people over, you know, years, whatever it is before marriage, uh, we could be deemed as hoes or, oh, she has a high body count and we're being judged by, right, thought, that word thought now, that's that hoe over there. Like, uh, Like all these Think words right for women yeah. uh you know who are maybe sleeping with other people yeah. when you know when men do the same thing and it may be deemed as or seen as oh he's popping we have to be confined to and boxed into this um purity kind yeah. of um circle you know and if we're not in that purity circle then we're judged and um so i just think that there definitely is more of a pressure on mm-hmm. women to remain abstinent um, or at least I also, you know what? I also honestly think that, uh, our household society teaches women more so more explicitly mm. to be abstinent no. than, uh, we teach our sons. Mm. And I think that is a huge problem. I think that 
both whatever you choose, however you decide to raise your kids, I think they should be um, treated equally mm. and they should be um, they should be taught the same things. Yeah. You know, so if you're if you're teaching abstinence, don't harp on it just on your daughter. Also Facts. harp on it with your son. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you decide not to really talk about it, well, then do it for both, yeah. you know, both sexes of your children, yeah. but not just on your daughter, because then that's what, you know, encourages the men to just be running out here listening to their peers yeah. and what their peers have to say about sex. And they're learning from them rather than from their parents. For real, for real. On that note, as a pediatrician, mm. as much as I endorse abstinence as the number one safest way to go, if you're not going to be abstinent, wrap it up, kids. <laughs> You don't want to end up like Drizzy Drake out there. Oh, look. With a baby floating out in the world. God bless him. No, he takes uh, care of his baby. He Doesn't takes float. care of his baby. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. And he didn't hide uh, the, his kid from the world. He hid the world from his kid. Um, okay. So that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but but a real talk, though, like the the that's one of the things that we don't often hear about, too, when we talk about like cons of um, jumping into bed is like babies are real. Babies STDs are real. are real, Very real. like all those things. And so mm-hmm. it was one of the really beautiful things I felt like of building our relationship uh, in abstinence was that there was when we got married, like there was just this the safety, right, there to was. to to all of that um, that is like remarkable. It's yeah, like the most beautiful thing. You exactly. Know? You can't put a, a price on it. Yeah. You can't. You know, it really is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. And um, so from that perspective, I feel like I, I want for us when, you know, God willing, we have some, some little ones. I was going to ask you yeah. for our kids next. Uh, yeah. uh, I definitely want to like present to them mm-hmm. that as like the not just an option, but like something to deeply consider, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and not not from a like you have to do this or else I'm ashamed sort of thing right. or anything like that. Right, right. And again, like especially as a physician, I'm going to teach them across the board. Like right. also, if you do choose to engage, like these are things you got to think about. And here's yes. how you stay safe and like all those things. Right. But I feel like our kids should know that it's also dope to be with your significant other one day and be able to like present that to each other like as like your first time being together you know what i mean and and being able to have that bond in that relationship uh because it's dope and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. um and we should normalize it and that's what i plan to do that's so true i think that's such a great point that we need to normalize this because to be honest i was very um and still am like nervous having this conversation um and you know, we, everyone talks so freely about sex, yeah. right? In the, in the songs, in society, about having it. But for some reason, I'm nervous talking about not having yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're more likely to be viewed as like weird right. if, if you're not uh, having sex, which is, yeah. yeah. It's a head scratcher, friends. It's a head scratcher, hmm. you know? So even though I feel like we both experienced and felt pressures during while we were dating and, yeah. and remaining abstinent and just discussing the different pressures that there are from society in general regarding, you know, men and women being abstinent. Um, I think at the end of the day, we had a lot of pros. Yeah. Um, We saw a lot of benefit in, in being abstinent uh, up until marriage. Um, What would you say are like some of the top ones for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For me, the top couple, Mm -hmm. um, definitely being able to feel like spiritually at peace. 
Hmm. I thought was a big one. Like, Did you feel like you weren't before spiritually at peace? I think that there was some conflict, regardless if we were talking about it at my house, mm-hmm. uh, super explicitly or not. Like we, my parents made sure to bring us to church. We grew up in that space. Like, so I had like learned about those things, right. And abstinence right. and, um, and the role that it should play in our lives. And so there was in the back of my head, like that warring kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, uh, being able to explore our relationship completely separate from those conflicting feelings mm. was really uh, freeing in a sense for me. Oh, that's interesting. Freeing, um, yeah. Uh, so definitely felt like I grew spiritually and felt like more in line with um, with what I thought, you know, God wanted from my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, with that, I feel like it became like a point for reflection and for focusing on self-development and Mm. then development within our relationship. Right. Um, And so the development within our relationship was incredible. Yeah. um, Because I just feel like it really pushed us to have excellent communication. Very true. um, And to not be in a position to just like use like intimacy as a way to just like dust things, you know, under the Right. Like if we fight or argue or something. Exactly. Exactly. Be able to easily use it, but not actually solving the root cause of the issue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For you, what were some of the things that stood out? Yeah. Um, I think for sure it was that communication. It was really getting to know, um, how you think about things, Mm. um, how you analyze the world, how you analyze me, how you analyze yourself. Um, and I'm so grateful that we were able to have that time yeah. to, you know, really dive into what makes us tick as people. Yeah. Um, I really feel that, uh, being abstinent was, um, during our relationship so, uh, beneficial because I really felt, um, more safe and secure, mm. um, being able to then be intimate with you in that way mm. and not feeling like, um, uh, you know, in a month or two or six months down the line, you could just decide to go. Mm. And that gave me such peace of mind and also such comfort knowing that we had taken, you know, a vow before God that we would be there for each other and that we would, um, you know, um, yeah, be, be together till death does us part, you know? And, uh, I think that is something that gave me such, uh, spiritual peace and, uh, and mental peace and, um, yeah, no, it's interesting that you mentioned also uh, marriage, right? And being together to death does its part. Because I feel like a lot of times um, I've heard about folks like feeling this pressure maybe mm-hmm. to, all right, you know, folks, we're abstinent. Let's hurry up and get married true. and kind of rush through that process. True, true, true. Um, whereas for us, I feel like it was the opposite. I feel yeah. like we, first off, we still were dating for three years and then were engaged for another year. So Yeah, so that was four years. Yeah, it was still four years, which is a pretty sizable chunk of time. Right. Um, but then on top of that, I felt like for us being abstinent, really accelerated so much of our relationship in a positive way. Right, right. Um, because we were able to build this really sturdy foundation mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and uh, were able to, as I said, really build in that communication. And when we had that foundation built over those first few years, I feel like it really serves to uh, make us a stronger marriage for sure. the next 200 years you know that we're together um and uh so yeah it's exciting for me more than anything to have had that start exactly in those four years honestly when you think about it like you said like those 200 years like you know but all the years post (laughs) all the years post 
uh, getting married. There's so many of them, you know, Lord willing, right? So uh, those four years just feel so small and quick, right? In comparison to the rest of life and everything that we're now experiencing and going through and just our journey and, you know, what God has in store for us. So For sure. Yeah. I I also feel like one of the common myths with choosing to... Uh, be abstinent leading up to marriage is that you lack intimacy in True. your relationship also. Yeah. And I feel like that was, couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Like we were able, like intimacy is so many things, right? Yep. It's, it's uh, first off, sometimes intimacy is what you talk about mm-hmm. and like really having those deep uh, heart to hearts and building with each other from that perspective. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hold- form of intimacy for sure is holding hands is kissing is hugging is, it's all of those Tons of other things and physical interactions mm-hmm. that build attraction, that uh, keep that flame, you know, exactly. high and all those. Like, it's real. Um, and it if is. anything, it just, it kind of just builds uh, over time on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it does make me think a little bit, though, as far as that build up. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever feel like there was too much pressure once we did get married, uh, <laughs> as far as like what you know, sex would be and right. the reaction of it and people and all those things. Yeah, there definitely was, yeah. and so that's why, again, to go back to your point of normalizing things, yeah, 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 yeah. that's why I want this to be more normalized because I think there was this pressure of it's your first time or what's gonna happen, Fireworks. Or, you know, right? And these expectations <laughs> from you know, like the world and what yeah. they say sex should be like and all this. I think that there's just too much you know pressure on it and it's a beautiful thing it's great but it doesn't also need to be this big thing you know where especially if life defining right yeah Yeah, especially if you've been waiting you know it's um it's beautiful but it's also like normal yeah (laughs) everyone does it everyone does it (laughs) you know your animals do it that's how we all got here we all got here (laughs) somewhere like somehow we got here yeah everyone knows (laughs) (laughs) everybody knows this is what happens yeah that's so funny all right so knowing everything that you know now right knowing like the pressure that came with it Mm -hmm. um the good parts of it all those things yeah four years four years Mm -hmm. um if you could do it again would you have made the same decision uh to to be absent during our relationship Yeah. yeah no absolutely yeah i i really would um i think that it was so beneficial for us. Um, and, you know, I think that there's just, there are just so many more pros than, than cons, than yeah. pressures, than difficulties. Um, when looking at the whole journey, it wasn't yeah. easy, right? True. Being honest, it wasn't it, easy. It was, there were definitely challenges. <laughs> right. Um, but when looking at, you know, the whole big picture, mm. it is so, so worth it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Would you change anything? I would have shot my shot, man. <laughs> I would have. Nah, nah, nah. I can't. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, I just feel like we are in such a beautiful place in our life. Mm. Um, and looking back on everything, I feel like that was a sizable part of it. You know, all right. the foundation that we that we grew during that time period, um, spiritually, uh, with each other, emotionally, with uh, within ourselves. Um, I would do it all again. Um, and though I think if I were to do it again, I would do it a little bit louder. Like interesting. I feel like I was almost like tiptoeing around it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but like I'm still hey, hey, I'm still I'm still Kamal. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. right now. And I feel like I was almost a little bit 
um, ashamed, you know, Interesting. and, and if I were to do it again, the only thing I would do different is to really not preachy, but just yeah. share and normalize, you embrace know, it. embrace yeah. it and be like, bro, I'm doing this and it's dope. And yeah, you can think about sure. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, y'all. We hope you enjoyed this episode and this whole season. Crazy. <laughs> season what? Done. Crazy. Wow. So uh, if so, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you hit the like button and that you share this episode with your friends, yeah. you know, especially if you think someone may uh, really enjoy hearing what we talked about. For sure. Um, and make sure you also subscribe and hit that bell notification icon so you can be notified every single time we post a new episode. Popping. That's a wrap on season one. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. pew. <laughs> it's so dope. It's so exciting, y'all. Yeah. So it's a wrap on season one. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all your support. Believe it or not, yeah. we've been filming for over three months now. Wow. Um, That's crazy. And it's crazy. And uh, so we're just yeah. so excited uh, to take a little bit of time to just build dope content. Right. Um, and to just more come ideas. back. Yeah, exactly. With mm-hmm. more ideas and even stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back in May. Yep. All May. right. So make sure you, as was said, hit that bell notification so that when we yeah. come back, you are the first to know. First right? to know. You're ready and notified. All right. That's <laughs> a wrap, y'all. All right. See you guys next season. All right. Peace, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Perfect.